0: Thank <smart noise> you. Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt.
1: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, <laughs> Shelby, this has been a week.
0: Yeah, we yeah, got you're on in your feels.
1: I know we got on last night to try to record the our episodes my mic sort of wasn't working we recorded anyways (laughs) then the recording didn't work my computer was having issues it's like a three-year-old pc that is really on its last leg like the screen popped out last year and i had to super glue it back together there's just a lot going on and yeah
0: i mean three years in pc time is like 80 so the computer was on its last leg Mm -hmm. from the day you got it
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, anyways, happy that, uh,
0: happy to have a Mac. I had to go to the yes! Apple store at,
1: at 9 p.m. last night <laughs> and buy this one.
0: That's dedication. That's, that's true dedication to the pod. And I respect it and admire it.
1: Well, i had been having issues with like Zoom calls and just all kinds of things. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. We just got to get this finished. We got to get this done. So, <laughs> I trotted Impulse. myself up there in 90-degree heat uh, in my pajamas. It was a good time, though. Got the, got it. Now it's set up. We're good. We're recording. Exciting.
0: Yes, it is. And um, we get to talk about Cruella, which is also exciting. Cruella
1: is something. It is <laughs> something. Uh, this is, of course, the Disney live-action, not remake, really, because...
0: There no, that's wasn't an origin story. Yeah. It's their but... villains series. It's the Maleficent um, started it all. So here we are.
1: Maleficent round two. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts going into this? Were you excited to see this? I can't remember if I feel like not. But
0: I maybe. no I I wasn't excited mostly because I find the whole a lack of originality boring or just like even this laziness that's uh, that feels essential to these sort of spinoffy things it's like you don't have to like make a new idea I guess but to just be like oh wow let's just do another live action let's just do another origin let's just do another sequel it's like well can't you just like I don't know, find a movie that was made 60 years ago and, and redo it better. I'd rather that almost than just this just this new genre of just revamps. And I don't know. I'm just not into them usually. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're hard for me to get
1: that much excitement about. Like, I really like 101 Dalmatians. I feel like it's, for whatever reason, sort of a underrated disney movie that not very many people talk about but i really like it i think it's a good story it's also based on a novel which people don't know that we read in school when i was younger and i was also (laughs) into that
0: yeah i did not know that i've never heard of that let alone encountered it on a school reading list i mean i feel like it's a you know i we
1: read it maybe like fourth grade or fifth grade or something yeah
0: Cute. Is it like true to the? Is the movie true to the book, or like is it a low-key I mean, bad? Let me. It was a while <laughs> ago that I read this, but
1: I think that the movie is sort is basically like the book, just more fleshed out. Like I think there's more yeah. details and things happening in the book, but yeah, but but I don't remember anything from Cruella in the book like that. Right. I don't think that Cruella is pulled from book material at all. <laughs> I think that's completely made up. And also, I think that the book sticks most closely to the animated version, not the mm-hmm, Glenn mm-hmm, Close mm-hmm, version.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both iconic features in my childhood. I I love dogs. That's not a secret. So I definitely remember watching 101 Dalmatians. And then my family was really into the Glenn Close live action one for some reason, which I rewatched last year. And it's a, it's a weird movie. There's not a lot of talking. It's just a lot of dogs, you know, just doing dog stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> and then Glenn Close is marching through the house just cackling to herself. It's I mean the whole like final act is basically like, Glenn Close versus dogs. So there's no real you know, human element or conversation. It's just people yelling at animals. And um, it's pretty funny to watch, but it's like, oh yeah, this movie doesn't have a lot of depth to it. There's not like a lot of character here. It's just, well, in some ways it is just character because Glenn Close is just really showing off in a unique way.
1: Well, and I remember the animated version the dogs can talk but then they can't talk in the live action version yeah 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 exactly so another twist
0: yeah Yeah. yeah I mean so as far as Cruella goes it definitely wasn't like on my top 10 list I don't remember if I put it in my not looking forward to it at all list though and the other thing that annoys me is just the the try hard feelings I got from the trailer and Emma Stone and just (laughs) it just seemed like it was gonna be too much and in some ways it was but in some ways I was I was pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah, It wasn't terrible. I feel like I was coming into it with expectations after seeing Mulan and Maleficent 1 and 2 and just some of these movies that it kind of feels so meh and bland. And there was definitely more going on in this that was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I would I would perhaps say perhaps too many things. Like the movie mm-hmm. is two is over two hours, is like 215. And I don't think it needs to be. There's yeah. seems to be a lot of like extra stuff like kind of fluff floating around in here. Random characters that I don't think we need. And yeah, I enjoyed it, but I didn't necessarily love it. And I felt like there were parts that I could have completely done without. And also, I don't know that it makes that much sense as a Cruella prequel. <laughs> or like as yeah.
0: A, yeah. I mean, that's what's like, that's what's weird, right? Is that I feel like, you know, my overarching thesis statement here is that I liked this movie, but I hated the premise of this movie (laughs) and I think it comes down to this point that it's like do I really need like a humanizing storyline of the woman who one day wants to murder a hundred dogs for a fur coat like I don't I don't really feel the need to complicate that black and white with a little bit of gray it just doesn't feel (laughs) necessary or interesting And it's also like, how are you going to do that? Like, is the next movie, if they do a sequel, going to be her becoming even worse and closer to that? Or is it going to just veer off from the 101 Dalmatians uh, uh, um, story and just become its own thing where Cruella isn't the mass puppy murderer? So I don't know what I don't know what their plan was for this because I just feel confused.
1: Yeah, it almost would have been a better movie if they had just completely gotten rid of the Cruella DeVille Vil plot, you know, like, and mm-hmm. just had it be the story of the movie without the 101 Dalmatians overlaid in it. Because, yeah. okay, so to set up the plot of this, we start sort of in a flashback to a woman, to Cruella. Well, Cruella is being called Estella. And But oh, she has Carilla the black and white hair. Yes, yes, she is Estella. She has the black and white hair. She's a little girl. She's sort of like teased at school. Her mom is like, we're going to move to the big city. But on the way, they stop at this massive manor house, which I immediately recognized as Hell Hall from 101 Dalmatians. And... <laughs> They <laughs> you
0: nerd, I, mean, I didn't know that d- you didn't. I was like,
1: Oh, yeah, this <laughs> is clearly where they're going. I, I, got I mean, all I the knew I
0: mean, I guess, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I had no idea Hell Hall was a place in the original. I, I have no visual cue for that being a, a building. Hell, I should have that,
1: remembered that's the giant house that all of that I believe the dogs you. To.
0: I totally believe you. I just didn't, it didn't sear itself into my memory the way it did for you. And so, you know, I'm I, happy. I'm happy to have that It's also the cover history. of the
1: book. So oh, okay. maybe that's part <laughs> of it too. Uh, but the mom gets pushed off a cliff by a bunch of Dalmatians, <laughs> and then, which is like, uh, um, okay.
0: Honestly, I – so I didn't know that going into it, but I – But I was sort of like, wouldn't the stupidest origin story be like she just hates dogs because they like murdered her dad or something? And so the fact that that like is actually what they decided to do here is so dumb and just lazy, but I almost respect them for it. It's like, it's so bonkers. It's like
1: almost good. (laughs) But the problem is, so. Emma Thompson's character who's this big fashion designer is the one with the dogs who like blows she she sicks the dogs on this on the mom with a whistle we find out later. But despite the fact that the dogs kill her mom, the, like <laughs> there's not really a lot of Dalmatian stuff going on in the movie. It's not like she has a vendetta against them the whole time. I feel like the only other real plot point is that at a certain point they need this key and one of the dogs eats the key so they have to like keep these Dalmatians so that they can, right. like, try to get the key when it poops it out, but, like, it's not like she is, like, anti-Dalmatians. The yeah, no. Time.
0: I mean, honestly, she blames herself for her mother's death because technically the dog started chasing her first, but if I was a child, I feel like I definitely would not carry that blame, but I'd instead be scared of any dog ever again because I watched them murder my mom, but she... She didn't. So she really isn't a dog hater. She in fact has her own puppy that becomes her friend and confidant throughout the film and and plays a major role in her in her journey to stardom. So it is inspiring that this movie didn't lean into dog phobia. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, this child would be traumatized, Ergo, she becomes a puppy murderer. It really just skirted around that issue. And I don't know why, since that's inevitably where it is meant to go, but I appreciate that Disney didn't um, didn't do that, because that'd just be really unforgivable for me. Well, then she moves
1: to London, and I think this is where it's a good plot line that they came up with. So she moves in with Horace and Jasper, who are going to eventually become her henchmen, but at this point, they're just like kids and friends, and basically they're petty thieves. So we get... A lot of, like, them trying to pull cons on different people, which I think is entertaining and makes Cruella slash Estella a more interesting character than she could have been. And she also has this, like, talent for fashion design, and so she gets hired by the Baroness, who is Emma Thompson, and then slowly kind of realizes that actually the Baroness was the one who killed her mother. And so her, so Cruella and Horace and Jasper set out on this mission to basically destroy the Baroness's fashion line. And, uh, and ruin her her life because of what she did to Cruella. And they're going to do that by making Cruella a much better designer. And by undermining the Baroness at like every turn. So then you sort of get into a little bit of like an Ocean's Eleven-y kind of vibe. Because <laughs> you're like, you've got Heist, You've got like this big bad guy. And then these other people trying to like screw them over. So it is sort of a fun premise. And also you have all of these outrageous costumes. Which are really cool throughout the whole But it's just sort of long and there's just like a few too many weird like meandering plot points that sort of are unnecessary.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely felt long. Like I I didn't have a negative reaction to this movie except that it was just too indulgent. And it seemed like it could have taken a 30, 40 minute cut. Because not only is it a long plot and like you said, kind of complicated, even though it's pretty straightforward when you get down to it. It repeated itself in a lot of its own um, machinations. Like, like they would constantly do this aha moment for Cruella, Estella. She'd have a monologue where she explains what her vision is for writing for this wrong. You know, some heist she's going to pull. There'd be a montage as they as they imagine that going. And then as that montage plays, there's headlines going across the screen that show like, oh, the newspaper clippings of this day. Then it would go awry and then they'd go back to square one. And it was just constantly over and over. Each chapter, each like act was just the same format. And it was just, it felt kind of, uh, I don't know, just exhausting by the end. And it, it left me really burnt out of something that if they'd just done it once, if they just had picked a simple storyline and just done it without needing all the explanations and whatever else they felt entitled to, I think it would have felt like a lot sharper and cleaner and clever and fun of a movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was just like a few too many things going on that I just really couldn't figure out. Also, this was the, maybe the most baffling thing for me that I was like struggling the whole time and I was watching with this with my friend and we were both like wait what's going on so <laughs> she's Estella but then she has this like side of her that's like a bad side that's sort of Cruella I and you can see bad. how yeah like how she has the black and white hair so it's sort of like oh there's these two different versions of her and throughout the story you sort of see like oh Estella gets pushed down and this Cruella character is coming out but I was confused like were they saying that she had split personalities or that just like she could sort of be mean sometimes like I didn't I was confused as to like how extreme this was supposed to be
0: I don't think it was supposed to be extreme I think the idea is and it's set up at the beginning where her mom's like okay, you're not cruel, so don't be mean, even if you do have this, like, spicy side. Like, you're not going to be Cruella, you're Estella. But I don't think it's, like, a literal split personality. I think it was always just this idea that, you know, oh, what wolf are you going to feed? Like, it's like you have the dark side, the good side, and you get to decide who you're going to be. And that's, like, the metaphor of the movie is that in the end, Cruella realized that, you know, she'd been lied to her whole life was kind of a messy lie. And she didn't know where she belonged. But she finally was going to just recognize that, you know, sometimes you can't just smother out this side of you to be what society wants or thinks of you. And she's like, gives her monologue where she's like, Oh, yeah, I'm a little bit bad. I'm a little bit mad. But that's who I am. So why not own it? I don't think it was ever meant to be like she gave in to her evilness and is now a villain. I think it was more this idea that women and, I mean, everyone, but women especially are told like, be a good girl, be nice, be kind, or you won't get anywhere in life. And she realizes that, no, that's not her natural order of things. And she wants to own that darker side, but that doesn't make her an evil person yet
1: <laughs> see i did not get that at all i mean
0: <laughs> you just thought she was switching between well between there's personalities? like personalities there's
1: different times where her henchmen are sort of like you're not the you, like you're not the person who we knew before or and yeah. the fact that she has like different names i don't know and the fact that she <laughs> has these different names is like a child i was like yeah. i don't like and I think especially because the mom dies so early, it's kind of like, what does she know that Cruella doesn't? Like, I, I don't mm. know. I was just mm. more keyed in, I guess, on the like, wait, is there like
0: two You were personalities ready for that psychological thriller yes. twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen Split, you know, two. <laughs> this many is times. a Disney movie, though. So, you know, it's like, is it geared to children? Not exactly, I'd say, but... I do feel like there's that messaging they're going for where even in like the live action, I do like Cinderella. There's a similar like modernization of pretty quaint ideas and like Cinderella obviously has its problems, but in the show it's like a lot of like, Oh, be kind and have courage rather than just, okay, be polite and like clean the dishes because you were asked to. And so I think similarly here, they wanted to lean into this like feminist idea around, around Cruella and her journey but it gets muddled exactly because we all know where this goes and it's like okay are we like hashtag girl bossing the um (laughs) dog murderer now like I just that was what was the weirdest for me is that they wanted this like punk rock you know it's set in the 70s it's this alt time where she's figuring out like her style and, and the shadows of someone who's been famous for far too long and is losing her touch. And so I think it was trying to be like, I don't know, like just, just this punk idea of like a coming of age story almost where she has to embrace these qualities that aren't seen as positive in, in women usually.
1: Yeah, and she definitely sort of, like, comes around at the end, because even though she's, like, leaning into the bad side or whatever, she doesn't, like, really at no point do you feel like she's non-redeemable anymore, like oh, right. you do about Cruella de Vil in The 101 Dalmatians, <laughs> yeah. which is sort of the wild thing about this. Like, you get to the end of this movie, and Cruella slash Estella is still the person you're rooting for. Like, there's yeah. really nothing brought up at all about her like wanting to kill dogs her being obsessed with fur (laughs) like anything like that so you get to the end she's beat this terrible woman and she gets to move into her house and you're like oh perfect wonderful but it's confusing (laughs) like like can you imagine if you watched this movie with your kids and then you were like oh let's go watch (laughs) 101 it's like these are two completely separate people
0: yeah this is very much like a dickensian sort of story about this urchin who finds her way into success and and she does it by not leaning in completely into these evil tendencies the other woman does. So she kind of earns her victory on a moral battleground as well, even though she's, you know, graying things up quite a bit. And I think what's weird and that it just won't ever work for me is that it just... It just comes down to, well, why Cruella? Like, I just, I don't know. Because, like, Maleficent, like, whatever. She's a bit player in an, in a 1950s um, movie that really was never focused on her or her her reasoning. So there's, like, room for that. And she doesn't, like, necessarily, <laughs> I don't know. It feels harder to justify making your hero the one who kills puppies for fun like i just don't know
1: where they're going with this (laughs) well then so they recently announced that they're going to make a sequel to this movie yeah which i was like oh they're just doing a live action 101 dalmatians but no that's not what they're doing it's some other kind of story that they said was going to be like the godfather part two where it's like part (laughs) sequel and part prequel uh, so i don't know exactly how that works but then emma thompson is also apparently going to be back for the next one
0: uh of course yeah so, we just don't know how to let good things die i mean it's frustrating but,
1: but I was, you know I, I was like i yeah. feel like that could be an interesting movie if they are going to attempt to get cruella to the place where then if they made a live action 101 dalmatians like <laughs> she could like it would just be the next yeah. installment
0: the the classic Disney <laughs> fall from grace moment. I just don't know how Disney is the studio to pull that off. I really don't. It's like Joker, fine. He, that's just a horrific movie for its own reasons, but it's also not it's enmeshed in like children's uh, media. Whereas this, it's like, how dark can they get? They can't. Well, and so then why are they trying to gun for this puppy murderer?
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like... There is a model here in the Star Wars franchise, which they also, which Disney also has, of the, okay, you know the person is the villain in Darth Vader, and then how are we going to move that person from Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace to yeah Darth Vader, and so I guess if they wanted to do that, they could, but then we would need to have somebody else in the second movie who could sort of be the hero.
0: Which well, brings obviously me... going to be Darling.
1: Right, exactly. Which is like a weird plot point in this movie <laughs> is that both of the, you know, adults from 101 Dalmatians, Roger and Anita, are characters in this. They sort of have nothing to do with each other and they also aren't really like related to the plot at all, but they're just like these side characters who they interact with. So Anita is like Cruella's, best friend who's now from like grade school who's now a journalist and like kind of involved but not really and then roger is the uh the like lawyer to the rich woman i think or she, he's the yeah, lawyer she to, was. yeah so it's like i i i don't know why they're there other than just to like have the name recognition because i kept waiting for like something to come up that Seemed interesting with them, and it never really did.
0: Well, did you see the mid the mid credit scene? Ah.
1: Yes, yes, (laughs) where she gives the where Cruella gives each of them a dog, like the Pongo and Perdita, the main dogs in Hundred One Dalmatian. So it's like okay, but still,
0: which I mean, incestually, you know, they're just now gonna meet each other and then make puppies, even though they're siblings. Isn't that how dogs work, though? <laughs> just all dogs just interbreed like that? No, not usually. I mean but, <laughs> I mean I don't think it would mean instant like deformed puppies, but I don't think it's a normal thing for a brother and a sister to be bred together. But maybe I'm wrong. You know, Dalmatians aren't my forte. I don't know. But um I also I feel like we should mention um this was directed by Craig Gillespie who did Tonya. And there's a similar vibe there where it's like he's taking a dark, sad story and kind of injecting it with some light, some humor, some music, some dark comedy moments. <laughs> it's a little bit, you know, rock opera y drama comedy. Like it's all over the place, but in a unique fashion. And I feel like I feel like it was a fun swing for a Disney film because, again, you're used to kind of true to the book um, interpretations like Cinderella, even, which is set in a very fairy tale esque world or Beauty and the Beast, which was less successful, but also still very much focused on that, like, you know, French countryside type vibe. And so this was just like (laughs) an about face where it's set in the it's set in the. 70s there's this fashion scene there's you know there. it's a lot different than I think the original 101 Dalmatians uh explored tonally so where it's going and why it's going there is definitely like a question in my mind but I was impressed by how I don't know fun it was like I enjoyed it except for how long it ran it was yeah. way too long
1: I do think it was a really fun choice to have it in the '70s in this like punk rock era, and then to have all of the music cues and stuff in it as well, and then the costumes sort of tied in. I loved the costumes. I mean, that was (laughs) the best part of this. I feel like this could easily get an Oscar nomination for costumes, just because there was so many, and there was
0: yeah, well,
1: (laughs) maybe hair makeup.
0: You know what it won't be getting an Oscar nom for is uh CGI effects because let me tell you the fact oh, that yeah. these dogs were, were bad. An- yeah, these dogs were animated. Well, partially animated, the- I like, think. Like most
1: of them were animated and I was like, why? Like there were yeah. scenes where it was j- where the dog wasn't interacting with anybody and it was still animated. It was
0: bad. I hated it. It was like if you can make a hundred and one Dalmatians, the Glen Close version, with literal animals that you've trained. You should be able to manage this little puppy friend she has without making it into a CGI dog. I just, it's creepy. I don't like it. And then the worst of all is the final scene where she's floating down the Oh ocean. yeah, that
1: looked terrible.
0: <laughs> it looked like it was just patched together. And I was like, this scene was literally unnecessary, but you guys are just making it too obvious now how, how low you're budget was or how much you spent your budget on costuming rather than these computer effects. So honestly that was a laugh out loud moment for me though. So maybe it was intentional for the adults in the audience. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. It was a rough go. Um <laughs> I don't know if you stumbled upon this little fact in your research, but do you know who wrote the script for this?
0: Um no, I mean I saw their names but I didn't recognize them.
1: So one of them was Dana Fox who wrote the script for Isn't it Romantic?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, this all makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Because it again, it was just it was too, it was too long. And it kept repeating itself tonally. And I just like, I just wanted someone to go through it and just scrape the fat right off. And I just feel like. I don't know. It was it was too much. It was too indulgent. And it kind of like, you know, it's like stuffing your face with cake. It's by the end of it, you're just like you regret starting it in the first place.
1: It's interesting, though, because I would have thought after watching it that this would have gotten a worse Rotten Tomatoes score than it has because it's at 74 percent right now. And I think that's kind of high. If this had come in at like 60, I would have I would have not been shocked.
0: Well, the Metacritic score is 59, which means most reviewers did give it that like CB range. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it got, I mean, yeah, it does feel high to me, but I think it got away with it because one, it feels fresh and kind of reinvigorating after such a laborious year of watching literal plays like mm-hmm. <laughs> ma Rainey's or um the the music one and it's just like it's been a drag in cinema and so this definitely felt like a pick-me-up because the music was loud the costumes were loud emma thompson was giving her all to this <laughs> 1970s version of devil wears prada so yes. it was it was fun In a way that I don't think we've had a movie in a long time.
1: Yeah, Emma Thompson and Emma Stone were both, like, doing the most, which I thought (laughs) was entertaining. Especially from Emma Stone, because... So, I wrote a whole article about her uh, film performances for BuzzFeed. And just, like, revisiting them, she tends to play the same kind of type of character over and over and over again of these like kind of perky girl next door type people which she's very good at and I think like naturally she just has a really like effervescent personality and a lot of charisma so it was interesting to see her kind of go for something that was a lot more out of left field with like this British (laughs) accent and the you know she was just doing a lot more and it looked like she was having a good time
0: yeah, I will say I felt like she was the weak link in this film. I mean, not that there's a lot to compare her to, but it was almost like distracting at times. I think she does a good job of of leaning into the different characters she ended up taking on in this movie, where she has to play sort of the wide-eyed the split personalities. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, the split personality. And I liked I liked seeing her devious side, but I did feel like there were parts in this movie where it was a little bit like actors class like an actor studio like it was Mm -hmm. a little too many monologues where she was Mm -hmm. giving it her all and her accent was a little distracting to me I don't know if that means she's bad at it or if I was just like so used to her American accent that I'm just like what is she doing right now
1: it was really low like it was lower than her normal voice (laughs) which I don't I must have been a choice for some reason but it yeah. wasn't like her voice with a British accent. It was like a completely different voice. And sometimes, especially when she was doing monologues and things or like voiceover, it was like, <laughs> wait, oh, this is her. This is like, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And, I, and I do, again, feel like even her and Emma Thompson, I would have walked away respecting what they did a lot more if there had been less of it because it was just, again, way too long. And so even Emma Thompson, the fun and the thrill of seeing her be so over the top and and kind of evil and just so cold it lost its like magic by the upteenth time she did it because it's just like how many how many times can she stare over her glasses or or throw cucumbers on her face or fire someone without ceremony it's just like i just feel like they they really shot themselves in the foot by not trying to trim this down a little bit more
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah it's too bad Because I think there was a lot of fun going on, but it just, a lot of the set pieces, a lot of the script choices, a lot of the storyline, it just ended up feeling like overburdened with its own need to explain every little step in detail and what if and what could be.
1: Um, So would you say this is now, later, or never then for you?
0: I mean, I guess I'd say it's a whenever i i liked it more than who i watched it with uh they really hated it and i think it worked for me because it felt a little more fun i like a good um <laughs> you know uh feminist sort of anti-hero vibe but i think it it was also kind of a slog by the end
1: hmm yeah I feel the same way. Like if this was playing somewhere, like if my family wanted to watch this or something, I wouldn't say no, but I'm also not really in any hurry to rewatch it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think
0: a rewatch, me. I think a rewatch would damage my opinion of it. Yes. I think, I think it worked more for me because it was fun at first glance. But I think if I paid closer attention, I'd be like, Oh wow, this is a dumb point. This is way too much. Also, like why'd they do this? would feel longer. Yeah, I mean, there's like whole scenes that I'm like remembering happen. I'm like, oh yeah, she was almost murdered in a fire. Like, it's like, why did that? Why? Like, why is this happening every time? I'm just like, it's too much going on. It's too operatic, and it's it's it's. I guess it's holding close to its Dickens vibe because it's just overstaffed with yeah, it was very (laughs) Dickensy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Um, Okay, do you have lightning round questions?
0: Um, I was gonna ask, so, obviously, these dogs murdered her mom. What's the worst or first bad interaction you had with a dog? Because you don't, you don't like dogs. So I'm wondering if you have a Corella Deville inside of you.
1: I mean, okay, so... I think part of it comes from the fact that I grew up in the country, not in the city. And in the country, everybody's dogs are like outdoor dogs and they just like run wild and they're not well behaved. Like when I moved to New York, I was stunned by how well behaved all the dogs are. You know, They just like walk around and they're not barking at somebody. They're not jumping on people where every dog I encountered growing up the owner would say, oh, he's normally not like this as the dog like leaps on you, like (laughs) tackles you. And I think it's because the dogs are only used to the family that they live with or like running around outside. They're not super well-trained. And then a guest comes over and they're like, this is a new thing. Like, let me get a whiff of it. So I don't know. We never had a dog growing up. And all my encounters with dogs were these like big outdoor dogs like jumping on you. And I don't know. I mean, even since then, it's like they smell, they are kind of gross. They're like walking around on the <laughs> ground outside and then you don't like wash them or anything when they get back into the house. So it's like, oh, wow. this dog that's just been like out walking on the streets is now like in your bed. <laughs> I don't, there's just a lot of like unhygienic things. Their breath is always bad. I just. Wow. Okay.
0: Like, sorry. Sorry. I invited you into my house with my filthy dog who doesn't get I, his paws washed.
1: <laughs> I like a dog from like afar. You know, like if I'm walking down the street and there's a cute dog across the street, like that's great. I'll come <laughs> like, oh rah, 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 maybe like it scratch his head a little bit. That's the extent of of any involvement with a dog that I need.
0: Right. Okay, well. <laughs> I'm sure we just lost a few listeners because okay. you hate dogs.
1: <laughs> well maybe we gained a few because i'm sure there are other people like me who are <laughs> thankful that this was vocalized for them um what was your favorite outfit from the movie
0: mm. um i remember there was a cool top that we wears as she's estella um they're looking over the final lineup of the Baroness's clothes. And so it's really not one of the loud costumes, but I was like, Oh, that's a dope shirt. It like was black and it had like this big tie feature. And, um, she just looked cool as a redhead. And I, and I was vibing with that. So I liked more of her street looks than I did her loud costumes. If I'm being honest,
1: I really did like the giant, like military jacket dress thing Mm, where she like mm -hmm. pops out of the limousine or whatever. Yeah. Um, I also loved the the beetle dress or the moth dress. Or what, like <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool, disgusting. and then I and then I loved the like you know uh, reveal that it was a bunch of chrysalises.
0: Yeah, disgusting. And um, I also have to say that I and this is part of why I didn't like the trailer is I absolutely hated the big flaming reveal dress at the party it made no (laughs) sense to me and it was like a Mockingjay moment and the yes, and it just it was too out there to like work in the world that they've established is very close you know to ours and so I was like well what is that material like how did she come up with that trick of the you know like I, I did not like it and then of course this is also one of those shows that depends on just People being the worst at like major facial blindness, really, oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. they supposedly don't recognize her, even though Emma Stone arguably has one of the most like s- like stunning, just like faces. You know, like it's like uh, her eyes I- are. Massive. I think I'd recognize her. Yeah, it's like yeah. she has pretty distinct features, but okay, it's fine.
1: <laughs> hmm.
0: Um, but I was gonna say, uh, can you pitch? a more on the nose origin story for a live action they they should do next.
1: Oh, then like dogs pushed the person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay, let me think about this. What Disney villain haven't we done yet? Um okay, so it's like Jafar and something about a genie uh <laughs> His uh, his dad was a a, ma- a lamp salesman, and he accidentally um, like was pretending that one of the lamps that was just a normal lamp that his dad was selling was a magic lamp. And he was <laughs> mad at his dad, and he wished that he his dad uh, was never there. And then accidentally, one of the lamps caught the place on fire and burned the oh shop down gosh. Along with his dad. And that's why he is obsessed with the magic lamp.
0: Oh wow, yeah, that'll do it. Honestly, wow.
1: Okay, what do you got?
0: Well, mine was a little bit more straightforward, I guess, but oh. I figure they should do um, Ursula. Um, but her her family was just murdered by um, the Little Mermaid's dad. What's his name? King Trit King, King Triton. Triton? Yeah. So it's a personal vendetta vibe. It's, it's, she's solely focused on destroying him the way she was destroyed because he took, you know, what she loved. And I don't know, do, do they eat fish? I honestly don't know the rules of Mermaidia, but there's I feel like be... there was something there.
1: I also feel like there's something in there with the voice, like, mm. like they, Triton did something to her voice, or <laughs> yeah. I, there's something there as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Disney execs call us um, I was going to ask which Disney villain Do you want to have a spinoff But I guess we sort of already covered that um, Any other questions?
0: Um, I guess No, but do you feel like You were rude about Where you placed this on your Emma Stone rankings?
1: That I was rude? Or do you,
0: or do you stand by it? Because it was pretty much middle of the pack, wasn't it?
1: I think I had it pretty high like okay. in the top half, um, I let me look at my <laughs> rankings and see.
0: This is just where I call into question all of your listicles. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know you you love to do that. Okay, ranking Emma Stone. Okay, so there's 27 movies on this list, and Cruella is number six. I feel like that's oh, okay. pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, remembering our episode, we kind of left that with like, huh, Emma Stone's okay. (laughs) And I feel like this movie kind of proved that too. The thing I think about Emma Stone
1: that... I revisited while I was doing this list is that she's in a lot of like really sucky weird gross kind of (laughs) movies like problematic films like she has two Woody Allen movies she has Aloha she has The Help so there's just a lot of stuff where you're at the time was big but looking back you're kind of like "Eh." and then A lot of her early movies, she's playing the same role over and over and over again, this kind of like girl next door kind of thing. So if you take out all of those she's really not left with that many great performances somebody else also did a ranking of emma stone's performances for vulture that Mm. came out the same time as my article did and it was the same exact five top films just in different order of um, (laughs) the favorite birdman easy a la la land and battle of the sexes and it is sort of like yeah i think those are the five movies that are like where she's doing something interesting and new and cool. And then the rest of her movies are either like problematic things or she's just doing variations of girl next door.
0: Well, would you, here's my last question. Would you rather work for the Baroness or the devil wears Prada?
1: I mean, I think the devil wears Prada just because Meryl is like I think <laughs> more entertaining.
0: Yeah. But, but who'd you rather work for? Who's the better employee, employer, I, I think
1: Meryl Streep is. She hasn't killed anyone <laughs>
0: that we know of. That's true. You know, that's that's a fair criticism. But uh, do you think? Do you think uh, the Baroness has murdered a lot of people, or this was just a special circumstance?
1: Well, she certainly knew how to sick those dogs on somebody <laughs> with that whistle. So <laughs>
0: that's right. Her dogs. That's what you got to be wary of. Okay, that's fair. I feel like I'd do the same because at least you can like, you know, quit your job with also
1: stanley um, tucci is with uh Meryl. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but it's a worst it's a worst job you know i'd rather be a designer than an assistant so i guess i guess
1: That's um tough. okay well good episode we'll be back <laughs> next week to talk about in the heights hopefully we don't have any more technical issues
0: yes welcome to the apple family
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong. You can send us an email at wrong at gmail.com, which we got a good one and I keep forgetting to read it. Um, and then also, yeah, we have a Patreon, we have merch, so many things going on. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody.